Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Beck QL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from Beck QL. Welcome back. It is Beck QL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, right here on the Beck QL Network. Next hour, Odyssey NFL insider Mike Lombardi to break down. All things week three. Later on, we'll get into Monday Night Football and look ahead to the game tonight with the Packers and the Lions. But right now, Aaron Hawksworth, you got to take us off the board here. That's right. Um, just what a wild Sunday it was. Um, crazy stuff happening all over the place in the NFL. Um, so we're going to have a little bit of fun here and go off the board. So Zach, it's time for Aaron Hawksworth to take us off the board on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Zach Wilson got booed after his four interceptions performance and Patriots linebacker Kyle Van Noy, who was inactive for the game. He was active on Twitter, though, saying ghosts again, sort of a cryptic uh, tweet there that you could read into, perhaps a reference to former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold saying he was seeing ghosts when he was mic'd up in a Monday night football game a few years ago. So Wilson was asked about it after the game. Take a listen. We understood what personnel they were going to throw at us. Um, we knew what their base defense, nickels, dimes, packages, all that different things were going to look like. And, you know, we just got, it really comes down to execution. I can't tell you anything else besides that. I felt like we knew what they were giving us. We just got to execute. Do you feel like you were seeing ghosts out there at the tournament? <laughs> no, most definitely not. So what's your reaction to this? Zach Wilson getting booed, ghosts again. Joji? Uh, well, I'll say this. I, I think he handles himself well at the podium. I've heard him after last week and this week. You know, he, I mean, he's he, he's getting beat up out there. And I, I think he handled himself pretty maturely. So that, that's a good sign for him. If I would give uh, Zach Wilson one piece of advice, though, on a day where he threw a million interceptions, maybe, maybe we could, you know, not say we have to execute, he could say, I have to execute better a little bit. Like, he, he, I know it's a team game, but he's throwing the interceptions. He's throwing the interceptions. Eh, you are really picking nits there. I mean, well, come I mean, on. We, You're we, supposed to, we, it's fine. They, they train them to say, we, we, we. Don't say I, right? Isn't that part of what that is? Right. But who threw, but like, it's, it's, it's we on the, I mean, I am nitpicking here. Bottom line yeah. is, he got, <laughs> he got, he got three interceptions. He looked terrible. Hey, hey, Van Noy. How about you calm down a little bit, okay? Calm down. Because your quarterback, how many touchdowns did he throw? Oh, zero. That's right. Yeah. Let's 
it, it was what it was. Like we should have been uh, selling the under under forty three on this one. Twenty five yeah. to six final. Uh, yeah, he had four interceptions by the way in his first ten pass attempts. Ten pass attempts. He had four picks. Pretty pretty poor ratio. Uh, Belichick continues to look good against those uh, rookie quarterbacks. Yep. So I know he had a rookie quarterback on his side, but he was going to make sure that his rookie quarterback was going to manage the game. The the Jets uh, weren't able to accomplish that feat. So, Joe, you saw something in the Texans-Browns game that was rather head-scratching. Walk us through that. The Texans declined penalty and then punt. Yeah. Fourth and 15. and I'm sorry. Third and 15. They gain 13 to set up fourth and two, right? Is, is that exactly how it went? I'm sorry. I think I'm, that was it. I, yeah, it's just it didn't didn't make any sense. So they gained 13. There's a penalty on the play. They declined the penalty. So now it sets up fourth and two, and then they punt. Like, take the penalty then. If you're going to punt it on fourth and two, take the penalty. Move up and then see if you can uh, get the first down there. Give yourself no a sense. new chance at the first down. Well, Stefanski seemed, you know, completely befuddled. He's like, what are they doing out there? It seemed <laughs> like they wanted to punt. Like that was the goal in that situation, not to turn the ball over. Right. Like to, to, to just punt and, it back. Not, like he didn't want, like they didn't want to run another play. So put David Culley in the bucket of uh, very conservative coaches that have no idea what they're doing with game management in fourth downs. Yeah, that's a new one, though. Like, I'd rather not run a play. Like, I just... You can have the ball back. In, in a game where possession is everything, you have it. You Did he it. bet the Texans? Is that what he's doing? Well, is he covering for the was, alums? <laughs> maybe that was it. We, we got to look into this. That was bizarre. That There's always, like, one or two every week that get you to scratch your head, this in-game decisions. But very rarely does a team choose not to run an offensive play. It's, an, it's a game of offense. How did they cover? My God. Yeah, How did, did they cover? Well, listen... We're, all the other coaches are playing checkers. David Culley's playing chess. I'll give the ball back and still cover. Well, now Landry's hurt. So it's OBJ and Landry on the outside. They have the Bears coming up this week. Probably won't be a problem. We're, we're going to see the difference. Like some of the reactions, oh, look at this Bears defense. Not that bad. No, 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 no. Zach Taylor's the worst coach in the NFL. He's the worst play caller in the NFL. And they're, they're still terrible and they don't have an offensive line. We'll see this week. It'll be closer to what we saw in week one with the Rams when uh, the Browns take on the Bears this week. All right, moving on. And this is just the ultimate jerk move here. Trey Turner spits on a Raiders player. I mean, how mad do you have to be that like spitting on someone is your go-to move? And like, what do you gain from that? What do you accomplish from spitting on someone? Obviously you get ejected, so that's not good. And like, Probably everyone wants to beat you up now, so I don't see the point in that. Especially <laughs> now with COVID, like it's disgusting, it's disgusting anyway. But jeez, like I just don't get it. Yeah, it's worse now. I would agree. It's it's worse now than it was <laughs> a few years ago. If this is one of those things where I've never gotten. This happens. I, I would say not often, but not. It's not you, that rare. If this you've never before. you've never spit on anybody in your life. Not not purposely. Like you might raise your voice, right? And you accidentally <laughs> you, might, you might be talking like spittle. And then yeah, did yeah. you did you ever have the moment where like you knew it happened, but you didn't want to say anything? And you're like, right. did they just notice that? Yeah, they noticed the spittle all over their face. Yes, they did. they did. Did you see them back away five steps? Like they hate you right now. You and they're gonna go tell twenty up? other people about how you spit when you talk. <laughs> that moron doesn't stop spitting. 
No, but like, who would do this? Like in real life? Spitting on someone should be a felony, or maybe it is because well, it's horrible. Right now, it should be. It's just all things considered. But like, I, I never got this. Happens. I, it happens a decent enough amount of times in sports that I'm always like, yeah. Do athletes do this? Like, uh, I remember when we were kids, younger, whatever age we were. There were remember the Roberto Alomar thing uh, in baseball. Roberto Alomar spit yeah. on an umpire, Richie oh, Garcia. Yeah. yeah, and like, right, like it's crazy. Like, why does this happen? Yeah, I, I mean, the Steelers are in – maybe it's happening earlier than I thought where they're just going to be an automatic fade every single week. I mean, they had everything set up for them to succeed. Now, I will say, Watt leaving early in that game, if I knew Watt was leaving early in that game, I probably would have bet on the Raiders. Like, that would have been pretty impactful. They're down four starters on defense right now. So uh, they might be a fade just to, to consider every week. Uh, Ben's not going to improve. Like there are a lot of reasons to say I don't know about this. The Steelers thing. Our take of them being the lat, being in last place in that division could hit home. Yeah, and isn't it always? Doesn't seem like when Mike Tomlin is an underdog, like in Week One, you feel good about yeah. backing him, and then he's supposed to win at home and gets a team traveling west to east after a Monday night game, and and they just they they look flat. Their offense is not moving the football. Like I know you mentioned no. the Watt thing, but that their offense is just not moving the ball at all. And uh, they didn't have Hayden and Bush. That was a bit of a surprise right before the game, too. Absolutely. All right. Let's, guys, let's circle back to the Titans game, right? We mentioned it. We were, yes. we were on it, the 4 o'clock window uh, in our last segment, how crazy that 4 o'clock window was. So we had the two back-to-back -back field goal attempts to end the Cowboy game, to end the Viking game. And then if you, you kept on it, if you stayed through the whole thing and on red zone, boom, you get the ending, including overtime, Titans, Seahawks. Wasn't that game exactly what everyone we thought it would be all week, like, yeah, Seahawks are, Seahawks are probably better. I think they are a better team, but it's a weird spot. Titans awful loss, and it was too many points. And then you just never know with the Titans when Derrick Henry is going to get going. And when he gets going, it's like an avalanche, and everyone has just got to get out of the way. Um, yeah, I think I texted Paul Aspen about 57 times during that game because that was our last play of the week. We were on right. Tennessee plus six. So, I mean, I had a sw so many sweats going on. I bet right before the game started, I bet Tennessee plus six and a half. We had plus six in that contest. I had plus five and a half at a bunch of other contests, which closed their line at a different number. And then I also had this parlay of underdogs I did, a round robin one, where I took five underdogs. And then if Tennessee hit, I was going to win some money. So they ended up winning in overtime. And nobody, be, if you're paying attention, you should not be surprised that Russell Wilson was involved in a field goal game at home. This is what happens. When he's the favorite, I don't want anything to do with it when it's more than a field goal. I want nothing to do with that game because we know it's going to come down to the final seconds. This one came yeah. down to overtime. Yeah, I thought this was one of the best games. The Titans outscored the Seahawks 21-6 to in the final two quarters to get that game to overtime. One of the biggest takeaways, Derrick Henry. Oh, my gosh. The Titans mm. overcame a 15-point halftime deficit to get that win. Derrick Henry had three second-half touchdowns. He just got hot. And, man, Derrick Henry looked like the man yesterday. Seattle did look like the better team at times. And then Tannehill leads the way on that eight-play, 80-yard drive. The Titans score their first touchdown, and then they had all the momentum, and they go on a 24-6 to run. And we didn't even get that Julio touchdown, which was reversed, very yes. controversial. I was not pleased with that. Uh, are there no more concerns about the new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing? They go on the road, and they put up 33. 
33. Against a defense that looked good the week before. Yeah, they did look good. Can I say something on the on props that I, I think there is? I noticed this yesterday. Joe, I think you tweeted about it last night, and then I was watching the Seahawks game and the Russell Wilson. I think there's a, a market inefficiency here if you want to hit on some props. Doesn't it seem too easy? And I know one, one week it won't hit, and you'll probably say, oh, see, it wasn't too easy. But yeah. Russell Wilson, touchdown passes two weeks in a row, one and a half. And Mahomes last night, two and a half. Like, the game at, really, at even money, yeah. Right. The, the game really has to go wacky or an injury has to happen for like guys like this, like consistent performers. I'm not talking about a young quarterback. I'm talking about like the best of the best to not hit their touchdown props. I mean, it's every game. We might have to revisit this in a in a few minutes when we talk about tonight's game because Rodgers yes. is at two and a half. Off a bad game, which we don't think yeah. he's going to have two in a row. I also wanted to bring up uh, your point last week about home field advantage. Seattle, one of the toughest places to play. And once again, where's the home field advantage? I was so annoyed by Chris Collinsworth last night. That's another thing that he said, which really got me going. So they come back from the from the first break right after the game ends. He's like, oh, what, what's your big takeaway? He's like, home field is back in the NFL. No, it's not. Did you watch last week? <laughs> Buffalo, San Francisco, Vegas, Tennessee, LA Rams, New England, Dallas, Denver, all went on the road yesterday. I agree with you. Crowds are back. Home field, that might not actually be back. On the other side, two-minute drill, and we'll talk to Mike Lombardi, Odyssey NFL Insider, next hour. Beck UL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook on the Beck UL Network.